0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of Hard Work is Undefeated. So today we have a special guest who is near and dear to my heart. He actually was my strength coach when I played in Canada. So we're going to let him introduce himself. He's going to uh, tell us a little about himself. He's going to tell us some of his story. He's, he has some amazing stories in terms of being a strength coach and where he's gone and what he's done with it. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and talk, uh, talk a little bit about his story.
1: Hey guys, um, coach Jake Doan. Um, I'm in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Like Marcus said, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Um, currently privately, um, I no longer do university, but we'll go through that a little bit more. Um, so like Marcus said, I met him What it was 2013. Yep.
0: 2013. I had just, uh, just left the U S to go to Canada.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's there's some story in between, um, you know, my my fitness journey and uh, where we are now. Uh, I've always been an athlete, uh, basketball player, football player, uh, it just it just came naturally to me to me to just coach, uh, mm-hmm. developing athletes. You know, through the time I was actually playing, uh, I coached basketball while I was in high school still. So it was just something that came really naturally to me. Uh, after playing a couple years of college ball myself, I actually uh, was injured in 2011. Um, so previous to to meeting Marcus, um, I was jumped by a group of individuals and left with uh, numerous injuries, uh, including um, uh, head trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had... Uh, basically become completely blind in my right eye uh occipital neuralgia which is a chronic pain disorder in my neck Uh, and i think at the time i met you marcus i was receiving just like nerve injections at that time for treatment Mm -hmm. um so every 56 days i was i was getting injections to basically numb the nerves in my neck Mm -hmm. uh to kind of make it make it through my days with pain Right. Uh, so, I actually went back to school uh, after uh, a year of being bedridden and um, physiotherapy, and uh, took a program called Fitness and Health Promotions and here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And through that time, uh, we, I had a placement, an option as a placement, and I chose to take it at Algoma University, mm-hmm. which is where I met Marcus.
0: I, I leave Kirtland and May of 2013, I believe, I ended up um, walking on. I actually came to Algoma on accident because it was with my, uh, my Russian roommate, Artem. He was, uh, he was getting recruited by uh, Coach Corey. And I had to drive him because he didn't have an American license and he didn't have a car. So I drive him up. I, I currently have a broke, broken fifth metatarsal, of So I'm not supposed to be playing. So I ended up uh, somehow playing anyways, and I I I think I hit like seven threes straight in the game, <laughs> and and Tom offered me on the spot. I actually was not supposed to go to Algoma. I was looking to go somewhere else, but it just seemed I wanted to play overseas, and it seemed like the right place to be. But let's uh, let's touch on your strength and conditioning background. What made you get into that? Because I remember. The reason I actually left Algoma and went to Lake State is because of you and how much you told me you yeah. love the program. And I basically just mimicked what you did. And it it, it got us yeah. where we are now. So so let's let's talk yeah. about what got you into that.
1: So I, I feel like uh I feel like like being an individual who suffered from pain and and suffered from uh overcoming injuries myself Mm -hmm. it it was easy it was easy field for me to jump into uh because you you receive this reward of of constantly developing people and bettering people and like especially like for someone like you who you know dealt with an injury and then saw drastic improvements from having someone like myself in your life like Mm -hmm. uh and and got it's not just about like the performance side of things, but having someone like you say it changed change your life and direction. Uh, having someone like that in your life and being that person to other people—it's—it's it's, there's nothing more rewarding than actually changing. Like someone saying you changed my life. Uh, uh, yes. It doesn't matter the financial gain behind it. Having someone like literally say, "I was on, on this path and no no idea where I was going," and then boom. Like you set me on my like dream path. that's mm-hmm. that's like the best thing. Um, so like for me, that that was the biggest thing. Uh, and just and then training individuals who who have like issues like myself, mm-hmm. where uh, they're dealing with pain and and just understanding that there's methods of overcoming things to a certain degree, uh, because not everybody, not everybody goes into a situation like having a trainer or a strength and conditioning coach. With this healthy mindset, like yourself, you know, of of improvement, a lot of people are coming to you and they they've almost like given up
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, hope, and that you know that's why they're kind of knocking on your door. So, I feel like that for me was the biggest thing, and then like being being in fitness and health promotions at SU College, and then going to uh, like I I continued my undergraduate. I ended up continuing it um, in Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of going to Lake State and doing the two-year program here and two-year program there, I thought it was a better opportunity for me to go overseas at that time because of my, uh, you know, part of that was just my anxiety issues with being local. Right. Um, It was my opportunity to just disengage and and leave. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So can we go into a little little detail about Wales? Because when you were over there, man, it seemed like you were having the greatest time, everything. Is that where you did your bodybuilding competition as well?
1: That is. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, So what ended up happening, actually. So actually in the time period between when. um, So I coached you. Mm -hmm. And then I actually thought I'm going to stay in a Canadian university. And I decided to go to Lakehead University, which is in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Right. I remember that. It's eight hours north of here. Mm -hmm. Um, and the coach at that time was just coming off a leave, um, of absence. He was working with the, um, red claws Mm -hmm. in, in Portland, Maine, uh, Scott Morrison. He's now the assistant coach of the Boston Celtics. So, um, but he was, he had taken a leave from coaching the men's team there. And, uh, I kind of immediately jumped on board the strength and conditioning coach at Lakehead. Uh-huh. And that kind of um, propelled my path pretty quickly to going down and spending some time in, in Maine with Scott and um, seeing what they did at a professional level uh, of basketball. Uh, it was amazing. Um, so at the time, it was the, uh, it was the D League. Now it's the G League. Right. Um, if you're looking for Red Claws, it's, it's the G League now. Uh-huh. and seeing that on court, uh, action and the way the athletes train that are like, just like, they're just getting a taste of what the NBA is like fully like, like, and the amount that they need to train in the G league to get to that full time contract with the Celtics, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the effort levels that these people are putting in at that G league. Um, they worked out at a gold's gym like in between in between uh like they had this back room there like literally they have an on court practice they'd be shooting for for hours mm-hmm. and then they and then they'd go to gold's gym and they were doing some some train performance training there it was just it was just amazing right to see and then i actually had an opportunity to meet brian doe uh with the celtics who is the strength and conditioning coach there and he's the head strength and conditioning coach and he you know, we, we sat down, we were sitting, uh, it was Atlanta Hawks game. We were sitting on the sideline and just talking about training and, but what I'd had for education. And he basically was like, you, you need to continue, he, you know, cause at that time you couldn't be on staff with this, with the Celtics unless you had a master's um, right. of science. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brian, Brian was like, man, finish your undergrad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, continue on to a master's like he, he ba- we basically had talked about um, a couple of the athletes in the G League team that you know had some movement pattern issues uh, some injuries that were kind of not being overseen um, and and you know you know my opinion on on certain things and aspects right uh, and he basically said fin- finish your university you could see yourself be in this position for sure someday
0: Man, that's amazing. Not
1: really uh yeah. Not really like my path of where I would consider going, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: amazing to sit there and, you know, uh Dominique Wilkins walked by and I was like, <laughs> Okay, all right. Like, yeah, it's all right. a
0: composer, um, composer, composer, composer.
1: <laughs> yeah, be professional, take right. a deep breath. Um you know, I met I met I met Danny Ainge and stuff like that. Like it was an opportunity to shake his hand and you know, I would. I was trying not to be starstruck. You know, try not to think of like all the video I've seen of him playing. Like,
0: but that's so hard, right? Like, just all like, man, he's right here.
1: But it, re- uh, it really isn't. And, and like, it's one of those things where you, where you, you have to like realize that this is their everyday lives and like their people mm-hmm. too. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm not like a starstruck person typically, but like this is this is my whole childhood was like basketball. And and then you're seeing people that are like legends, you know, so, yeah, that was difficult. That's crazy.
0: So what would you say yeah. the differences in? And obviously there are some differences, but so let, let's go into some details in terms of the differences of the training regimens, because you, you, you said you work with high school kids. You obviously work with the uh, colleges at a high level then going to be around people in the D league and in the NBA, like what are the differences in the like training regimens? Like, what did you see the differences between like the top guys and guys who were just barely on the team? Like, can you give our kids who are looking to make, make it there one day, just some insight on what that looks like?
1: Yeah. I, I think that like, especially really early, um, like when we're we're looking at like youth basketball and stuff and you're, you're attempting to develop like the basic skills. I think it's, it's so very important that early on that you, you really get that good foundation. You know, you're, you're dribbling with your, your head up and you're using both hands uh, equally. I think that stuff like that is, is should be cemented in us very early on because you can see kind of, that highlighted as you go through the years like if someone hasn't developed a left-handed layup Mm -hmm. like or or they're just very dominant to their to their right hand if they're if they're not their dominant hand I think that that's a big thing um in the youth kind of ranks as you as you get on and you and you get into more I would say competitive play and and you know your high school team your rep teams um your travel teams and stuff like that I feel like uh there's a switch there at some point in time where um i think kids need to learn to turn their ego off almost a little bit and learn how to play a really a team game because i I feel like that's one of the most common things nowadays is that uh people in that rank they're like going from high school and they're attempting to get to college play college ball and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i find that they want to be an all-star Everybody wants to be an all-star, which is fantastic, um, and I think there's a, obviously a lot of athletes out there that have the talent and capability of doing that, but then they forget that it's a five-five player team, mm-hmm. and coaches can see that, scouts can see that, and stuff like that. And I think as a as a kid, I wish I'd realized that, and and even myself been a more of a team player, right? Uh, and not that I was a selfish player, but uh, I, I wish I'd really like. Play, played a, played one more pass. you know it got my got a teammate involved, you know things that they you know praise or 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 hate LeBron James for that extra pass um, kind of thing. I think that that's like a a big thing nowadays is kind of putting your ego aside, playing the team game and and realizing it is a team sport. and development wise at that stage is. Uh, I think because of the ego is doing things that you're like, even, even like in your early season games and stuff like that and realizing, okay, if we have, you know, a 16 uh, game schedule and stuff like that early in the season, I'm going to work on things that I'm not good at, even in a game setting. Right. Because yes, it's about a winning that game, obviously, but at the same time at that competitive level and, level of uh, pressure and stuff like that you want to do things that you're not good at and I feel like people people have a really hard time with that concept because you want to do good right your performance wants to be a certain level mm-hmm. but if you never practice those things that you're not the best at, you're never going to improve and the best setting for that is in a, in a in a game setting mm-hmm. where that pressure is highest um, you start getting comfortable with you know your mid-range jumper, uh, when an actual defender, not your teammate, is pressuring you, right. you know so you're going to see design. drastic improvement. Yeah. So you know that, and then you know obviously university level is just a completely different beast. And I think at that time, uh, a lot of people step back and they get really molded at that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I hope that I. Uh, we see a drastic uh, increase in like the next, like five to 10 years of actual individualized uh, training within the team atmosphere of sports. Uh, I think because there's such a, an amazing amount of uh, like kinesiologists, strength conditioning coaches, and all these health professionals in the field, I, I feel like, like people like yourself, Spending a lot of time with individuals working on their skill development and and their performance. Uh, I feel like we need more people like you dealing with teams and, and helping coaches understand that, yes, there's on-court team stuff, and there has to be individualized training right. for athletes because – that whole concept of giving everybody a, a team plan a, a you know a weight training plan or cookie stuff like cutter. that yeah cookie cutter plan for like and it's like for myself even you got to deal with certain aspects i right. like as an example algoma i i had to do the cookie cutter thing i only had certain amount of times right. with 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 you guys as athletes but then an athlete like yourself you would know i did nothing cookie cutter about training you um, training guys like Jamal or Brett, not none of that was cookie cutter, but for the people that weren't getting in there on their own, yeah. on their own, you know, uh, like wants and needs, <laughs> like there were certain people we never saw in the waiting room. Oh, at all. Right. At all. I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into listing any of those people, but you know, those are the people that I, yeah, you hand them a cookie cutter plan and you, and you hope, you hope that they're, they're getting in there even when, you know, even when you're telling them they have to get in there, they're still not. Right. In some cases, and and I feel like you, to a certain extent, you kind of have to do that. Is, but you you want to get away from that. Mm-hmm. Every athlete is different. Um, you know, especially in basketball, there's the drastic height differences at the G. At the, I could say at the G League level, it's the intensity that people bring because they're still trying to improve and and show and show coaches uh right. and scouts and and whoever is whoever is monitoring their uh their training at that point in time on quarter off uh they're trying to show that they want to be at the next level or they belong at the next level right and i think i think i've seen a lot of like guys at that time period when i was there uh, chris babb he was there i could say like with an athlete like him on court like i i literally stood there till my arm hurt and he just did floaters over me um like the drive that he had you know it, it it's it shows that he's able to play at that level something different like if you if you look back through my Instagram, you'd see so many different things that, like, I just – I like to develop new skills. It doesn't matter if it's athletic or not. Um, oh,
0: without I, like, you know, I without built the a squat rack behind me. Man, I was looking yeah. at that. I was well, – yeah. they had – they just lifted our at-home orders, and so they let us they let us get them moving around a little bit. That I was going to ask good. you how to build it because I was definitely ready, Jake. I yeah. was ready.
1: Uh I've had a couple like like companies actually reach out to me and they're like, "Can you send us the dimensions? Can you can you give us the details? Like you know, like and I literally like put it in like an almost like an AutoCAD like measurements and which wood I use and mm-hmm. which, you know a shopping list of how many boards you need for for like this garage gym kind that of company and it's uh it's yeah it's it's structurally sound. It I mean it's, it it holds the weight I use like. I'm not uh, powerlifting or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it would hand up, handle up to like 300, 400 pounds easily. But teen, I decided I was going to go to finish my undergrad because of my kind of guidance from Brian uh, with, with the Celtics. And um, Sioux College actually has this affiliation with this university in Wales of all places. Mm-hmm. So Wales, United Kingdom, people are going to have to look it up because when I found out there was a university there, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. where it was um I knew where the United Kingdom but was but I didn't really know where Wales was and went over there and immediately like I realized like the university itself uh the rugby team immediately reached out to me because they kind of heard about like this Canadian who's you know coming in the personal training field and sorry excuse me uh the rugby team kind of got a hold of me. And so I started working with some of their athletes Mm -hmm. and like, that was like within like the first four weeks of me being there. And then I realized like over there in in the UK, they have these, they call them societies instead of it being like a club. Right. Uh, So I was, I was like researching all these, all these societies, like what different ones they, the university wasn't even open when we got there. It was like, I think it was like the first three weeks before the university actually started. Mm-hmm. Um, of our time there, and I was like, just researching what could uh, the university could possibly have once it opens. And right. this mass society thing came up, and it wasn't actually at our university, but what it was was like a series of different um, exercise clubs jammed within one society, so they had um, weightlifting, so the Olympic weightlifting which is, you know, your, your clean and your snatch, your, your, your clean and pressing your, and your snatch. And then they had powerlifting, which is just your, your deadlift, your squat and your bench. Mm-hmm. And then they actually had strongman competitions uh, regionally and nationally. And, and at the end of the year, it kind of all finished in this um, physique contest. Uh, so bodybuilding physique contest. Mm-hmm. And, I was super interested in that, but they didn't even have it at our university. So what I did was I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to see what it takes to open up the society, like a branch at our university. Right. So I did that
0: because, because me. So you, know, you go all do... the way to Wales and you open. Okay. I see you. I op-
1: yeah. So I opened the society at my university and like all it did was basically allow me to provide like people like at our university as well. Like there was, there was a, a small group of people that I, I did free classes for, um, like, because there's students and stuff like that, that, that don't have like, uh, you know, the hit training circuit style classes and stuff like that. So there's a small group of people that I did that for. Uh, I did a, a nutrition seminar, for free, um, just kind of informing people like about proper nutrition, mm-hmm. and and I feel like that was like the whole purpose of like the Mass Society. So it's it's the muscular athletic student society. So it's called Mass. Um, happy I did. It was an experience.
0: So what I've taken is like you you've had to. I always talk to my kids about. Um, not making excuses and making adjustments like for the last few years, your entire life has been an adjustment. And like during this time that we had of this, uh, the coronavirus, there were a lot of people playing complaining because they had to make an adjustment basically to just stay in the house. But a person like you has to make an adjustment every single day to live. So I, I, I appreciate that so much. And, just you being able to share all of this knowledge and your story with, with my listeners. So my last thing um, is to, about youth strength coaches, like how should they start like younger kids? Should they start with body weights? Should they give them weights? When should weights be introduced? I I have my own philosophy, but obviously you, you're my, you're the strength coach's favorite strength coach. So. Let's touch on uh yeah. youth on the youth part. Yeah, so I think that
1: uh, there, there's there's kind of this touchy subject where where parents uh, kind of always went with that like I don't know who said it at one point in time. There's probably a study done where you know uh, parents said about uh, lifting weights isn't healthy for young. You know, athletes and stuff like that. They're worried about primary. primary, They're worried about their um, growth plates, Uh and and damaging the growth plates, which which is it's just it's very understandable. In a controlled setting and healthy setting, it's fine for a young athlete to lift weights, especially if they're receiving one-on-one training. It's very easy, Uh even in a team setting where you have a smaller group of people um, and you're able to provide proper instruction to a, to a young athlete, it's, uh-huh. I, in my opinion, I believe it's healthy. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, would never, I would never say to a parent that it's unhealthy, uh, especially now the studies are showing that um, it could actually strengthen, like uh, high impact training can strengthen your bones, um, Obviously, like you want to watch and make sure that, you know, kids are performing movements in a healthy manner um, right. before they are ever using weights in general, but I do think it's healthy. Um, and your body adjusts to the strain and stresses we put on it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's all about progressively adapting to the strains we're applying to our body. That's what that's what weightlifting is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you get stronger. Uh, so I, I definitely think that it's something that children should get involved with early on. Because getting those movement patterns and developing the ability to you know, strengthen within those movement patterns. Like in a movement like uh, a jump squat and stuff like that. And adding resistance to your body, whether it's a vest. Uh, I personally believe that. The, with the proper movement patterns um, in place and having quality coaching like especially on an individual basis it's a lot easier to get those movement patterns down you know if you're dealing with a squat and then adding weight it's a lot easier to deal with that athlete on an individual basis but I think it's it's safe as well in a team setting as as long as you're working on those movement patterns uh, would I you know would I be using, um, you know, weighted vest and doing drop downs from a plyo box, you know, and doing extreme high impact stuff? Probably not. Um, but using using weight is your body's or our, sorry, not our body, it's our way of applying stress on the body. Mm-hmm. And you you progressively adapt to the amount of resistance you apply to yourself. Right. That's why you know squatting two hundred pounds. You know one week and a couple of weeks you're, you're able to squat a little bit more it's because your body's adapted to that strain so same thing it affects a child the same way if you're you're applying stress and strain to them they're going to develop and progress
0: right so to, to typically when we hear about like people who are in the fitness world they don't they hear stress and they think about mental stress and stress they don't think of stress as a good thing so can we uh can we touch on how stress in terms of resistance is actually in in good proportion it's good for the body can we talk about that a little bit
1: oh absolutely so i mean apply, applying stress to like a muscle group um like it, it's it's always easiest to demonstrate a bicep curl right i feel like everyone understands a bicep curl so all i'm doing is lifting my hand. Now, the bicep is, is a muscle that's not really effective for sport unless it's for show. It's kind of one of the show muscles. Yeah. Um, uh, that that strain on the bicep, depending on how you're applying that strain and kind of the methodology you're using, so um, whether you're trying to develop muscular endurance. So these are factors that a lot of like parents wouldn't even really understand if you're for a basketball player, you want to develop muscular endurance so that you'll be able to um, res- resist strain uh, like, or stress on your body during a game so that your body doesn't wear down.
0: Right. So like people um, wearing on you, bumping and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like any, especially the smaller muscle groups, um, you know, we use pads, you know, when you're doing a layup so that you, your body's able to kind of feel that stress mm-hmm. of, of someone bumping into you. You know, you do uh, resistance dribbling where you're dribbling into your, you know, a teammate and they're pushing back physically against you so that you're able to do that in a game. If you're never, if you never do things like that, how are you going to resist that in a game effectively? Right. If all of us, all of a sudden, if you have a completely non-contact coach and you never, never like ever you know, touch foul, do anything on court in training. And then all of a sudden you go into a game and the defender bumps into you and it's going to, it's going to literally shock your system, Mm -hmm. your nervous system, your muscles, tendons, ligaments, everything, it's going to jar you. And it's because your body's never been with and and had that strain pressed upon it. Mm -hmm. So we apply those stresses on you in practice so that you're able to endure them in a game. We're not just hitting you with a, a bag because we think it's fun. Right. You know, those little shocks will help you become a stronger athlete in, in that kind of controlled environment of practice. Right. And so that in a game that you're able to to resist that. Right. And nice. I, I think that that's something it's very difficult for a parent to understand, or even an athlete. A lot of times we're just doing that in a practice and a kid doesn't understand Mm. this is actually effective yeah and it's not it's not just about disrupting your layup or making you have a hard time during doing a layup you're going to get bumped into by us you know a brick wall someday of a player who's stronger bigger uh than you possibly and uh, that's 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 why we do that stuff in practice
0: right and i think like I've always just because of the background, I've always been able to do a great job of explaining that. Like the reasons it was always, when I was growing up, it was just do this because I said, do it now I yeah. can explain the reason why we're doing this is because X, Y, and Z, and this is going to happen. In yeah. the game, and we want to be able to counteract that. So that was, yeah. that was some great stuff. So let's, let's talk about uh, the hoodie, man. The show muscle, go muscle. <laughs> Where okay, did this yeah. come
1: from? So, uh, the The actual term itself came from a um, gym teacher in my high school, um, Mike Cowan. He, I would go up and I would just crush weights. Like I ate iron in high school. I loved it. Um, now, it it quickly became a thing in our high school because Mike, um, Mr. Cowan, at the time, he trained. Um, pro hockey players uh high level hockey players like with the ohl um, and and prospective athletes in the future for hockey and he's he's one of these guys he's like hard nose like just tell you how it is and i think i came down one day from the weight room and like i had an arm pump on and he was kind of like looked at me and i was like what are you doing and i was like just just lifting some weights man just trying to get bigger for basketball and he he was like well, basketball how does doing a bicep curl help you with basketball and i was like i, I mean you you're, you're in, i was in like grade 10 and i was like like lifting weights like i thought i knew everything right right he's like that's all show that's all show muscle this is all go muscle he's pointing at himself and like he literally was like this guy was like obviously physically looked, looked the part of a gym teacher was built, you know, um, like just a powerhouse run, run to work, bike to work, like was just that type of guy. And right. he, he basically sat me down one day and he was like, Jake, you're not doing, you're not doing, you're doing, you're putting yourself through all this strain in the, in the weight room and working hard. He's like, okay. you're working hard. Yeah. But is it effective for what, for what you want the end result and it wasn't it was right. not um doing like doing bench press even for someone who you know i was trying out like for team ontario stuff like GDP basketball in canada mm-hmm. and it's like your stepping stone to team like your uh, team ontario and, and team canada eventually mm-hmm. and i just wanted to be a better basketball player right and i thought doing curls is going to help me and he just sat me down i was like man you need to do things that you're doing on court like actual go muscle like your actual what what's your end result like don't just go in there and put strain on yourself do things that are effective for the sport you're playing right you know I feel like a lot of athletes even like uh, basketball players we get into squats and we get into all the things like we get into this competitive nature with our teammates and stuff and that stuff's great you um and uh and and I feel like we don't do a lot of the little things. Like, yeah. why does why does coach make us do like the I call them ice skaters, but like you're hopping from one foot to the right. other foot and you're properly landing and stuff. Yeah. You know, why do why do we do single leg deadlifts? You know, and stuff like that, balancing on one foot and and you know trying to uh, do a lot of balance stuff like early on and you don't think of that as a kid I feel like you you don't understand like how much that those little things are benefiting you later on Right. any sort of fast movement um you know doing resistance band laterals steps and, and stuff and running with resistance bands stuff like that medicine ball throws like there's one thing is like a basketball like i just because it's really easy to explain um resistance ball throws and stuff like that and how it's gonna like you're applying resistance by putting weight in your hands that is more than a basketball. Right. And we're throwing it. So that's the a mimic of an actual movement we're going to do on court. And yep. we're going to develop speed and power right here. Right. Now, is that more beneficial than doing a bench press? Yes. You know, you know, how often are we on a basketball court and have our knuckles pointed down and pressing like this? Yep. Um, it's we don't have a hockey stick in our hands. Um mm-hmm. uh, You know, it's stuff like that. Medicine ball throws overhead, slams, any sort of twisting motions and stuff like that. Those are going to be the like when using resistance, like an actual and not not getting into the conditions, conditioning side and doing all the cardiovascular stuff that you need to do for basketball. Mm -hmm. But that's a very easy example of uh, kind of the breakdown of why show muscle, go muscle is like important to me for people to understand that there's different methodologies for for getting these wants and needs and like people come to me and I'm not saying this is like you're doing a physique show Mm -hmm. but like I want to look look better I want to you know I want to feel healthier in that mentally physically aspect um that's the the show muscle and then the goal muscle is more of the athletic training and stuff that I get into with like hockey players and basketball players in our community and stuff like that
0: right Man, so, I, that the design is dope, man. I love it. Yeah. Show, show muscles regular, then go muscle. Just got that little grit to it, you know. I like it.
2: Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. So yeah. um, the last thing before we get out of here, I want my players think I'm playing sometimes when, when I tell them <laughs> when I was – I used to go to the gym three times a day. And yeah. you actually have a picture of me on Instagram from 20, uh, 2013 to th- 2014, yeah. one of them. Well, I was sleep before we play open gym. Can yeah. you, can you just give them a, a what it, you, what it looked like? Just a little bit. Of. So you
1: want me to literally brag for you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I could honestly say flat out, like you're one of the heart, like, so we spoke about like me tr- training at all these levels, Right. Um, all the way up to the professional level in basketball, and I can honestly say you're one of the hardest working people um, I've met along the way. And like the, th- the thing about um, like three a days, like okay, yeah, we you know you would train in the morning, you have a shoot around, but some days like it literally would drive me nuts because I'd leave the gym, like I'd be there in the morning or something, I'd leave, I'd go home, like. And I'd come back and you'd still be at the court. And I'd be like, did you like, like, did you leave? Like, so it's not just like that one time. I didn't just catch you sleeping one time uh, on court. Like it was multiple times. I would literally kick you before we, <laughs> before yeah. we needed to like literally play. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, he's, he's not lying to you guys. If you're listening to this it's not all talk. Um, He actually, he actually did that. He, you know, on court train and then uh, like even more so when you were overcoming like your injury and and training, like training at that, I think I really look back at that time when you were kind of coming, overcoming the adversity of having an injury Mm -hmm. that your work ethic, then you didn't really like get down on yourself. You're just, I remember you coming to me one day and you're like, Jake, what can I do? right now. Like what what am I able to do right now? And like you put on so much like like muscle during that time period. You're like a completely different person. Yeah. Your girlfriend was thanking me. Um, now my wife, you know. Now your wife, yeah, sorry. Um and and the things the things there were like I I really look at you at that time period and I'm like, that's awesome. When you actually got back to playing, it was amazing for you to see that that never stopped that you just kept, you were like, now I'm able to do more and I'm not going to take it for granted and, and just go and, you know, go, go back to, or not back to, but like just, you know, I could play now, so I'm not going to do the two a days, you know, and the encore, you know, um, you kept just going, you're like, what, add more to my plate, just give me more to eat. And you just, you, you really set a tone for a lot of the people that were there, that were not working as hard as you, Mm -hmm. they had to keep up. So like there were certain people that were like starting to notice like the development you had made. And then, and then obviously that shows like for your following years at Lake state, like how well you did there and, and, and now where you are now helping other people, if you shared that message at all with them, whether they take it, take it for what it, you know, for what you're saying or not. Um, you're sharing that message with them and hopefully they're taking away from it that it doesn't, none of this just comes easy. Mm-hmm. You know, the struggle, the struggle, like they say, the struggle is real. Like if you're not struggling and everything is just easy to you, you're not doing, you're not doing it properly. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to stress yourself. You, you need the resistance. You need people around you, the environment to be, to be a strong environment and pe- have people push you. That's why we have people like you or, or people, you know, that you're training have people like you, they should be, your athletes should be coming to you and saying, coach, what is there more I can do? Right. Can I spend a little bit more time with you here? Um, You know, and I know you've trained athletes that have like, I, I look at now and I'm like, there's a, there's a, there's a couple people in the community where I'm like, wow. Um, I never, I never thought they would actually be basketball players. Like, oh. just, you know, um, but yeah like i know personally like for me there's some days where i just i physically have a tough time getting out of bed like with my pain right that um i know that i, I could just sh- turn it off i just it just sit there
2: mm-hmm.
1: but like what does that do for everybody else yeah you know when i could provide information to other people and you know, pass on my struggles and stuff like that. I think that's why people like yourself found it so easy to come to people like someone like me Mm -hmm. is because it was so easy to say, well, this guy's struggling on a daily basis um, to do things like just moving around. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't really say no. You know, I can't really say I need to stop. Uh, I I need a breather. You know, having someone like me standing there. Now, having someone like yourself who's been through the struggle of being injured and then coaching people you know to, to better themselves become a better athlete and stuff like that if if you're not able to preach and then take that and run with it like coaching wise like what are, what are we what are we doing yeah you know What's that um hopefully it's not always that you know my parents put me in this camp you know kind of thing yeah. um but i know that a person like you is the type of person that can instill um, some things in to an athlete. When they come into a camp like yours, even if they are that child who their parents put them in, that you can actually make them invest in themselves and, and you want to play and have fun playing and stuff like that. You're definitely the type of person um, that's fun loving and stuff like that. So it's nice to see like, man, the second you got on and you're laughing. So like the second I heard your laugh, it was, man put a smile on my face so yeah I, I hope that I hope that your kids are listening and they understand that uh that all this all this they're doing like the training everything like that there's there's an end goal and uh they can stay positive about it and hopefully like continue to get your guidance because like I said Marcus, you, you are like you are one of my favorite athletes that I've trained throughout the years and definitely one of the hardest working so hats off to you with that
0: appreciate that man jake i appreciate you hopping on this call for me i know we went a little longer than expected but i appreciate you sharing uh, everything time and to by, and i and i hope i hope our listeners take something from this and don't take a day for granted and and give it everything they got and they learn that hard work is undefeated because you've done a lot man yeah and I appreciate you, Jake. If if there if there was no Jake Dome, there would be no grindhouse basketball. I can I can oh, truly buddy. I can honestly say that because you made me what I was like, man, I need to go do what he does. So I'm gonna stop being a social worker and I'm gonna go do that. So yeah, and, and I made it happen. And I appreciate you just being there and giving me guidance and telling me about the program. And and they accepted me like family, and, and now we're here. I appreciate oh, man. you, man.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. No problem.